I want us to, to dive into something. How do I receive from God? How do I, how do I properly receive from God? Here's, here's the issue. This book is full of promises. Full. From cover to cover. Some of them are explicitly uh, spelled out in Scripture. Some of them you got to go find. Some of them he hides for the pursuers. The Bible says it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to search it out. It's, it, he hides things for pursuers. And so the question is, how do we receive from God? I want to highlight two things to you. The Bible in many ways, and I'm not going to go into detail, but it shows us that there are some things that happen sovereignly. There are some things that God does that are absolutely the will of God and nothing in heaven or hell could stop what God is doing. Nothing. Uh, Galatians chapter 4, everybody there? Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4, we're going to start at verse 4. And the Bible simply says this, it says, Now I say as long as the heir is a child, actually, I'm sorry, verse 4. Um, the Bible says, but when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Now I need you to understand, this is a sovereign promise that God was executing that had been already prophesied back in Isaiah. The Bible says when the fullness of time was come, there was a designated moment for Jesus to come forth. Right? There was a set time. This was something he had preordained. When it's a sovereign move of God, there's nothing that can stop it. Not even your activity. When it's a sovereign move of God, listen, there are some people that are in the world and the church is going to be frustrated because they're going to get saved radically and bypass people who've been in the church a long time. And they're going to be frustrated, but they don't understand God is doing something sovereignly. And none of your religion, none of your attitude is going to affect what God is doing. Rain, Lord. Come on now. God, God going to continue what he started on Friday. <laughs> Amen. This is something God is doing sovereignly. And we love sovereign moves. But the issue comes when it's not a sovereign thing. When it's a promise that is conditional that requires my participation. Many things in the church we have blanketed as sovereign. There are blessings that we have claimed that are not sovereign blessings. Apostle John was preaching about this the other night. He, he was talking about how um, when, in Philippians 4, which we all claim, my God shall supply all, my, all your need. He was talking to a specific group. Romans 8, that we all love to claim, all things work together for the good of them. Who love God and are called according to his purpose. It's not God, all, all things work together for everybody. They do not. All things will work against you outside of the will of God. That, listen to me. There are people who are saved, love God, 
have stepped out of the will of God. God called you to be a pastor. You decided to be evangelist. You left the U.S., went to Africa, and there was no grace for you. And now you're frustrated with God. It's not God. There are things that require participation. Somebody say, I got to participate. So God, listen to me, God, participation is a requirement in the earth from the beginning. It requires, God requires participation for heavenly activity in the earth. The earth was given to man in the very beginning, given to man. But man has to participate. Actually, let me, I was teaching this in my church. I'm going to give you this, this to you real quick because I want you to see it. In, in Genesis, uh, the Bible tells us that the, the devil comes into the garden, but he comes into the garden as a serpent. Now, the Bible also tells us that Satan goes about as a roaring lion after the fall. But in the garden, he comes as a serpent. He does not come as a lion. When he was in, in heaven, he was a high-ranking angel, used to dominating. But when he comes in the garden that God had given to man, he comes as a serpent. He does not come as a lion. He cannot dominate in the garden. Listen to me. He cannot dominate in the garden. So what does he have to do? He has to deceive man. He cannot dominate, so he comes as a deceiver. Why does he come as a deceiver? Because the reality is because God had given dominion to man, even though Satan used to have a higher rank in this world, he's lower. Right? So because he's lower, he cannot dominate, he has to deceive. Why does he have to deceive? Because in this world, man has to participate in his own destruction. Did you hear what I just said? He, he couldn't kill man in the garden, so he had to get man to do it. He had to get man to do it because in this realm, you have to participate with the spiritual realm in order for something to be accomplished. Well, it works in the reverse. The Bible says, I sought for a man to stand in the gap, to make up the hedge, that I might not destroy the land. There's a destruction that's coming, but if I find somebody who will participate with me, they can shift my will. They can shift my will. I need, I need somebody to participate with me. I need, I need somebody to join me in my will for the earth. Abraham, I got to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. But God, is there, is there, if there's just a 50, if there's just 40, and here, listen to me. We see a man negotiating with God because God's desire in this world is your participation. Your participation is necessary. Somebody say it's necessary. The Bible says in Proverbs, uh, Proverbs 26, I'm not going to go there for a second time because i got a lot to give you. Uh, Proverbs 26 says, like a sparrow in its fitting, like a, f- a swallow in its flying, so a curse causeless co- does not come to rest. It means that I have to participate in my own destruction. i, I got to be active. This is, what, this is what God said to, to, uh, to uh, Cain in the beginning. He said, if you do well, you'll be received. You'll be accepted. But if you don't do well, sin is lying at the door. Why is it lying at the door? Because sin in your nature is participating with darkness. And it understands it needs you to open doors. Demons don't just come into your life. 
They need you to open doors. Poverty doesn't just come into your life. It needs you to open doors. Strongholds don't just come into your life. Soul ties don't just come into your life. They need you to open doors. The spirit realm, this is how it functions. So God has required in the earth participation. But God, you promised it to me. Yes, but you got to participate. Do you know you have to participate in your own deliverance? There's a lot of people, listen to me, there's a lot of people that come to the altar and they want the altar worker to do all the work for them. But they didn't come ready to humble themselves. They didn't come ready to repent. They didn't come ready to let that unforgiveness go. They just want somebody to powerfully force it out of their bodies and make them feel better. And guess what? They're going to be back next week. Because you're not participating. The, the, the Bible tells us to renew our mind for a reason. I got to participate. Now listen, there are some things that you're dealing with that were not of your actions. Some things are from prior generations. There are some things that are chasing you generationally because somebody opened a door and now that thing believes it has a right to you. There are, listen, there are legalities in the spirit realm that govern darkness. I don't, I don't have time to go there, Father. The, the Bible says that you were translated out of darkness into the, into the kingdom of his dear son, right? When it's talking about, it says you, have, you were delivered from the power of darkness, that word means domain. So there are, there, are dark, there are dark powers that are trapped somewhere. They fell from glory. They're held somewhere. They've been restricted by God, but they're existing in a, in a domain called darkness. But they cannot dominate you unless you enter their domain. He said you were delivered out of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. He brought you into the light. But in order for darkness to invade my life, I have to be in their territory. I have to be trafficking in those areas. I have to do that. And so, and so God wants us to understand when it's time for me to receive from God, I have to participate. When I receive from darkness, I have to participate. These are the legalities. Understand this. Everything Satan is doing or has done in your life, he did legally. It, we, we make the devil big and bad, but he has never been able to operate outside of the legalities of God. Why, why do you think he came to Jesus? God, I'm, I'm, I'm way off course, but I, I feel like I need to plow this. Why, why do you think he came to Jesus to tempt Jesus? Because legally, he had to try and cause Jesus to fall, to cause Jesus to forfeit what he was offering to him, but Jesus already had coming. All the kingdoms of the world were going to be Jesus's anyway. If I could just get him to fall, if I can just, and you think that the enemy doesn't try the same thing with you, but this is how he operates. Because he needs you to, he needs you to fall to get access to your children. He needs you to fall to get access to your life. He needs you. He needs you to participate in this thing. And you think because I, 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 I'm, I'm doing it in secret and nobody knows, but there's an entire kingdom. That's right. That's right. 
that is hoping that you stay in darkness. Matthew 16. Matthew 16, because I got, I got a lot to give you. And I'm, Matthew 16. Matthew 16. Um, I'm just going to go to verse 15. The Bible says, he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. But my father, who is in heaven. Jesus uses a word there. He says, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. The word reveal means to uncover, to lay open what has previously been veiled or covered up. Now, I did a teaching uh, not long ago, probably about a year or two ago, on light, right? Light is also a domain, right? He's talking about revealing. The word light is the word phos in the Greek. It means to make manifest. They're very similar because they work together, right? And so light means to reveal or to make manifest. So if light reveals, then darkness conceals, so people in darkness, there are promises and things that God has prepared for you that are hidden. They're concealed from your sight because you're living in darkness. So he's talking to Peter. And he said, the revelation you just got didn't come from here. Didn't come from this realm. Flesh and blood didn't give that to you. It was uncovered by my Father in heaven. So there are things that we need to know about Jesus, we need to know about his kingdom, he has to uncover. You can't just open up your Bible, turn to a page, and think you're going to stumble into a mystery. That's not how it works. The Bible says that, that, that the apostles are stewards of the mysteries. Why does it say that? Because apostles, th this is the reason why your, your, your pastor, your apostle, teaches the way he does. And, and let me tell you something. I've listened to him lay out word that can transform regions. I've listened to him. Listen to me. I've listened to him lay out in detail. Why is he laboring? God help me. That's, Paul talked about, I travail <laughs> as in birth pains. I'm, I'm trying to birth you into something. I'm trying to birth you into the full stature and measure of Christ. I'm laboring until Christ be formed in you. I'm, I'm laboring. I'm, I'm, I'm uncovering things that are mysteries that can move you. So if it's not uncovered, listen to me, then I can't have it. Because in the spirit realm, you have to see it to be able to get it. If you don't see it, you can't have it. So, so Jesus is talking. Let's keep going. He says, uh, he, he says, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, right? Uh, uh, but my Father, which is in heaven, um, in ver verse uh, 18, he says, and also... I say this to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. What, what, what rock? The rock of the revelation of Jesus Christ and the gates of hell, Hades, will not overpower it. There is a revelation that terrifies hell. There is, a, there is a revelation that terrifies hell, and it terrifies me that we're not preaching Jesus in his church anymore. We've got, all, and listen, we've got all these messages about, about self-help and about all this other stuff, but we've missed the rock. 
And the gates of hell will not prevail against thee. He says, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. So watch this. He says, my father has to reveal this to you. You've got a revelation of who I am. And because of that revelation, keys come with it. So revelation unlocks access. Revelation unlocks access. You have, listen, you have to get this. If he lets me see it, he's letting me see it for access. You, God, you, you, you can't let this slip. You, if he's letting me see it, he's letting me see it for access. So when I come to church and my pastor's dropping all this revelation on me and it's going over my head, I will never obtain what he's showing me because I have not taken the time to see it. And your man of God is up here sweating. But it's going over heads. Psalm, Psalm 119. Psalm 119. I'm, do, I'm jumping through a few verses because I got to get you somewhere. Psalms 119. I, first of all, Psalms 119 is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. This is one of the most loaded chapters in the entire Bible to me. It's just, it's just full. Uh, Psalms 119, and we are going to go to verse 129. Verse 129, say amen when you get there. Watch this, he says, your testimonies are wonderful, therefore my soul observes them. The NASB, the 2020, it says it like this, it says, it says, your testimonies are wonderful to me, therefore my soul complies with them. My soul adjusts. My soul adjusts to your word. My soul pivots based on what you said. My soul, watch what he says. He says, he said, my soul uh, complies with it. The unfolding of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Meaning, the, the King James says it like this. It says, the entrance of your word gives light. The moment your word not just comes into my mind, but begins to make its way down into my heart. It's shining a light. Yeah. That light is allowing me to see. Let, let me give you a natural example. Do you realize that your natural eyes are mechanisms by which you capture visual things, but you don't see with your eyes? You see with your brain. As a matter of fact, your, your eyes are actually bringing in the picture upside down. Your brain, your mind flips that thing correctly and it allows you to see based on the light that's entering into your eyes. No light you can't see, right? So, so let me, let me get, take that to a spiritual example. What happens when your mind is renewed? You're looking at the same world, but things look different. You're looking at the very same circumstance, but things look different. I'm on the same job, but I'm not trapped anymore. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in, my, my income hasn't changed yet, but I see now. I, I see the Lord has, the Bible says he's given me power. Deuteronomy 8.18, he's given me power to get wealth. The word does not say he gave you wealth. You gave me ability. You gave it to me. You gave me, <laughs> you gave me power to get it. My mind's such a, when my mind is, listen, when my mind is renewed to kingdom thinking, I see the world differently. Some of you, you can still watch the same videos because you don't see the demons. 
Your mind hadn't shifted yet. Your mind hadn't changed yet. So, so there's not enough light inside. And, and because there's no light, darkness can conceal things that are right in front of you. I need a revelation for the word to become real in my life. I need God to unfold it. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But the word of God coming, that, notice the Bible says faith comes by hearing. You have to hear. It's not just talking about hearing here. There are many people that come to church and, and, and the word is going forth and you hear it, but there's no intent to apply it. That's not hearing. So, so when he unfolds his word to me, I need my heart to be postured when I come to church. I ought to get up in the morning and start praying before I get here. I ought to put in some worship music before I get here. I don't need the praise and worship leader to pump me because I've already prepared my heart to receive because the word says it's the engrafted word which is able to save my soul. I cannot see without revelation. I need revelation to see. This is why... Uh, unfortunately, and listen, I, I, we're not talking about here. Somebody may be watching online, but this is why I have said to multiple people, you might want to leave that dead church. That's, that's, not, a, that's not a put down. They're operating outside of his design. The church was not designed to kill you. You shouldn't go there. And become more religious and more spiritually dead and more deaf in your hearing. You should, that shouldn't be the, the product. It's, it's supposed to shift your ability to another level. Glory to glory, faith to faith. He said, your, the entrance of your word bringeth forth light. Dave, David said, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. These are not just metaphors. If you look at what David said often, he was prophesying things that were before his time. Your word is a lamp. Okay, John, John I wasn't going to go here. John chapter 11, real quick. John chapter 11. I'm sorry, media team, I did not give you this. John chapter 11. John chapter 11. Somebody say amen when you get there. For sake of time, I'm going to tell you what's happening. Lazarus is sick. Uh, Jesus finds out he's sick. And Jesus decides because he found out he's sick, he ain't going till he gets ready. Jesus waits. This is where a lot of people get frustrated. But Jesus waits. He's not coming yet. Jesus is waiting. And he's having a conversation with the disciples. Right? And the disciples are, are, are misunderstanding Jesus because Jesus, actually, let's go to verse 4. Uh, they had just told Jesus, uh, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Verse 4, but when Jesus heard this, he said, this sickness is not meant for death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified by it. Says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister Lazarus, so when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after that, he said, let's go to, to Judea again. Now, this is where the disciples start flipping out because they know they wanted to kill Jesus in, in Judea. So they like, Jesus, you're not thinking straight. Because you're the son of God, but we with you. Why, why, why are you going to put us in danger? Like, why, why are you taking us back to Judea where they want to kill you, and because we're with you, we're going to die too. We don't have to do that. You just said this is not unto death. Jesus makes a statement here that sounds like he's left the conversation 
and he's talking about something else, but he's not. Verse, verse 9 says, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks during the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if, any, but if anyone walks during the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. Now, let's look at this practically. He says, if a man is walking in the daytime, he can navigate around things that would cause him to stumble because he can see. But if the light is not in him, he's stumbling over the same thing that others are not stumbling over because they have light. There are some things the enemy is tripping us up with, and the issue is not his ability to deceive, and the issue is our absence of light. There are some things that we don't see, and we keep stumbling into the same pit because we don't have light, and we keep stumbling into the same relationships, and you left that one, and you went to this one, and you left that church, and you went to this one, and, you went, and, you, and, and it's the same issue. It's the issue of light. And it sounds like Jesus is talking about something else, but he says it, it, it's an issue of light. Verse 11, this he said, and after this he said to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen Asleep, but I'm going so that I may wake him from sleep. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he'll come out of it. We, 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 we need to rethink this plan, Jesus. Verse 13, now Jesus has spoken of his death, but they thought he was speaking about actual sleep. So then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Let's, let's look at what just happened here. Jesus said, Lazarus Asleep. Why would Jesus say Lazarus is asleep if he's actually physically dead? I'll tell you why. Because heaven's perspective on death is different from earth's perspective. Heaven's perspective on death is different. Heaven looks at death as separation from God eternally. I don't have time to show it to you in scripture, but if, if, if when a person is separate, matter of fact, the Bible calls it the second death, when, when dead are, are thrown into the lake of fire because that's final. But even in, when a person dies physically, heaven's perspective is this is reversible. When, when, when Jesus went to Jairus' house, he walks in, he looks at the, the maiden who had died, and he said she's asleep. Because light sees from the kingdom perspective. So Jesus is talking in a different dimension and they don't know where he is. He's talking on a higher level. And they don't know where he is. This is why they, Jesus would say to them, oftentimes, if you can't understand this, how can you understand all the other things I want to show you about my world? This world is so unique. To, it's so different. He's, he's living in a world that's so beyond us and he's trying to simplify things for us to understand. So the Bible says that he says he's just asleep. They didn't understand, so he says, Lazarus is dead, but I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there. Why would he say I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there? He says to the extent that you might believe. In other words, I need to use this to stretch the boundaries of your belief system. You've seen me heal, but you've never seen me raise the dead. You see me deliver, but you never see me raise the dead. I need to go beyond what you know about me. There, listen, the only things that we know about God is what he has done. We don't know what he can do until he shows us what he can do. You, you've limited God because you have not yet seen. I, I, I got I to be able to see. So revelation, somebody say revelation. revelation. It's necessary. Necessary for my growth. 
All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm going to give you this and then we're going to dive. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. God wants us to begin to see from a kingdom perspective. I know, and, and I know that phrase is almost cliche in the church. But there is a real mindset of the kingdom. The kingdom is invisible, but it's not intangible. It manifests. It can be felt. It can be, you can see the results of the kingdom of God in this realm. Amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, same when, when, you, when you get there. But a natural man, a carnal man, does not accept the things of the spirit. A carnal man does not accept the things of the spirit, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them. He does not have the capacity to understand the things of the spirit. So carnality limits my capacity for revelation. Hear me. Why do you think the enemy wants you to keep sinning? Just stay carnal enough so that light cannot come. Stay there are promises that are accessible to you, but you cannot have them because carnality is blocking your light. It's flesh. It says the carnal man cannot. Well, I wonder how many things God has made available to me, given me a right to, but I cannot access because my own carnality is blocking me from stepping into what he's called me to. I wonder how many promises God has over my life, how many prophecies he's released over my life, things he's destined me for, that he's waiting on me for, waiting on me to grow up. Somebody say grow up. Grow up. It says he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So when I come to church, I should come to church in the spirit. I, I should come to church in the spirit. You know what a lot of us do? I'm not talking about y'all. Y'all look, just look straight ahead. You won't know I'm talking about you. Um, a lot of us come to church and we wait for the praise and worship leader to push all the carnality out of us. Just, just, just a little bit more praise, a little bit more. Come on, y'all. Let's get our minds set on Jesus. Come on. Let's fix our eyes on the Lord. Come on. But remember all the good. And, you're, and they're trying to push carnality out of us instead of us coming to church with a mind saying, God, I'm coming to meet you. I'm expecting. I, we used to sing the song, I anticipate the inevitable, supernatural intervention of God. I expect a miracle. I got to get out of carn carnal stages. See, see, many of the things that God wants to do in the church right now, he's limited. He's limited by our carnality. Somebody say amen. He's limited by our carnality. There are levels God wants to take you to. There are dreams God has put inside of you. But he cannot do it here. Because too many, listen to me, you, you ever seen somebody God was using mightily and their carnality showed up and great was the fall. There are people that I had tremendous amount of respect for. I mean, I mean, I mean rocket trajectory that fell and never recovered. I, let, let me tell you this. I had a dream. I, I shared this with my church. I had a dream uh, 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 months ago. 
and I was at my house, and the, 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 um, I, we were having a get-together at the house. It was some people from the church, and, and I'm standing at the house, and all of a sudden, uh, at my house, there was like a circle that went around my house, and all of a sudden, my house just started going up, and there was this giant pole underneath the house. It was forcing my house up at a rapid rate. And I said, my God, what is happening? Our house was just going on. Party's still going on. We're still fellowshipping. We're still, and I'm standing there on the porch, and I'm like, my God, this is amazing. Our house is going up. And I look to my left, and in the darkness, there was a crocodile, alligator, and it was standing up like this in the darkness. And it was waiting until we got to a high height. And, and as we started getting up to a high height, I looked to my left, and I saw it. And when it saw that I saw it, it leaned forward and grabbed me and tried to take me down off of this house. And it was kicking his tail and shaking. And I said, no, I'm not, I'm not going to let you shake me down. And it tried to pull me off the edge of the, of the thing. And I, and I shook it off and I finally kicked it off of me. And I woke up from this dream. And I remembered that crocodiles, alligators, represent pride. So many people God has endeavored to raise, but we did not deal with the thing that was hiding in the darkness. And the Lord was warning me, yes, God is opening doors for you to preach. God is using you. You're seeing miracles. You're seeing things. But don't allow the crocodile hiding in the darkness to take you down from a high height. God is trying to prepare you to be lifted. He's trying to prepare you in your mind. He's trying to adjust your thinking. He's trying to bring you to a place of kingdom thinking where when he launches you, you'll hit the mark that he sends you after. But he's trying to prepare you mentally so that your mind is renewed. And you got to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Do you, you know what that means? The, the, the spirit of your mind, I, I, was, I was looking at this one day and the Lord began to speak to me. He said, the, the, just like your spirit is your inner man, the spirit of your mind is your inner part of your mind or your subconscious. Until you massage the word of God down from your conscious mind into your subconscious mind, it will not produce the fruit. It was designed. He said, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Not the part of you that's thinking about it, but the part of you that's operational, the part of you that's governing your life. The part of you that's governing, the part of you that's on autopilot, when they used to get on your nerves and you would automatically cuss, now you go and you automatically pray. You automatically think differently because it's become a part of you. When that bill shows up that you, you couldn't pay, you don't panic this time because subconsciously you've been renewed. And it's, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. When that sickness attacks your body, no, 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 no. The law. Of the spirit of life in Christ has freed me from the law of sin and death. I'm not under Adam. <laughs> I'm, I'm not under Adam. That, I, I divorced from him. I died in Adam. I came up in Christ. It doesn't belong to me. It doesn't belong to me. It doesn't belong to me. Is, is there anybody in here you're dealing with sciatica on, on, your, on your right side? Is that you? Anybody else? Stand to your feet. How many, raise your hand if it's on your right side. Good Jesus. Yours is on your left side. How, is anybody feeling it right now? Yes, okay. I want everybody to surround them. I just want you to lay your hands on them. Father, in the name of Jesus, we curse sciatica at the root. We curse it. I speak to their nervous system. 
I speak to their muscles. I command it to go now in the mighty name of Jesus. Leave their body now. Pain, go now in the name of Jesus. Leave their body now in Jesus' name. We repossess the territory of their bodies now in the name of Jesus. Jesus' mighty name. Move it. Move it. Move it. Move it. Does anybody notice a difference? Wave at me if you notice any difference in pain. You notice it's gone? It's gone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. You notice a difference? You still feel it, but is it less? Anybody, if, you're, if you were praying for it, still stand. Do you know, anybody notice a difference? You do? How, where's the pain now? Minimal? Anybody else still dealing with pain? You can keep standing, sir. You are? Father, I thank you now for every person still dealing with pain. Father, we curse it. It cannot stay. It cannot stay. We rebuke it by the blood of Jesus. Every spirit of infirmity, we command you to get out now in the name of Jesus. Now, leave now. I command that nerve to be steadied, be healed now in Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. We command it to go. Move, take a step, bend. Do you notice any difference? It's about the same. It's worse in the morning. It was. Amen. Amen. Did you notice the difference back there? It got really warm. Father, I thank you. Finish the work. Lando sobre taya. In the name of Jesus. Uh, I don't know your name. I, I, I remember you. But the Spirit of God said the enemy is trying to frustrate you to slow you down. But it's not going to work. It's, 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 it, this is one of many methods he's, he's launched against you to try and slow you down. To try and, he's trying to break your momentum. But I see you coming on like a freight train. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. Yeah, Father, I thank you now in Jesus' name. That frustration, that, that attack, that, that, that fortified attack of the enemy, we break it now in the name of Jesus. Beyond this sickness, every attack against her mind, we destroy it now in the name of Jesus. Every attack against her finances, her house, I even see like, a, um, like the enemy laying siege around you. It felt like you were surrounded. It felt like you were surrounded. God said you're not surrounded. Not by them. You're not, not by them. Come, 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 come. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. You, you didn't do anything wrong. You didn't do anything wrong. Father, I thank you now. Fire of the living God, come now. Destroy every seed of darkness in the name of Jesus. I break the heaviness now. I break the heaviness now. In the name of Jesus. Loose her now in the mighty name of Jesus. Peace. 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 Yeah. Peace. He's speaking to the storms now. Peace. 
Jesus. Oh, let him do it. Jesus. Peace. Yeah, yeah there it is. There it is. It's going to be all right. He's fighting for you. He's fighting for you. He's fighting for you. Jesus' name, we thank you, Father. Jesus' name. I see the Lord rebuilding you from the inside, brick by brick. And you felt broken. Mm. But the Lord says, I'm fortifying you. Jesus, I thank you. Jesus, mighty name. Father, release angels to her home now. Yeah, adjust the atmosphere around her life, Father, to the kingdom of the living God. In the name of Jesus. Darkness to lift, Father, in the name of Jesus. Jesus, mighty name. In the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for this mighty woman of God. Mighty, look at me, mighty woman of God. Mighty woman of God. Mighty, God calls you a mighty woman of God. It's time for you to put on that identity. It's time for you to wear it. Mighty woman of God. Amen. How's the pain? You don't feel it? It's gone? <laughs> Come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. If you ever, if you ever get used to that, <laughs> you, can't, you can't ever just get used to seeing God's people healed. You can't ever just get used to it. It tears me up every time. That God, David said, what is man? That you're mindful of us. What is man that you're mindful of us? I was, um, I was at home one day, and the Lord, I was in prayer, and um, I got a message um, on my cell phone, on Instagram. And normally, when I go into the prayer closet, I set my phone and do not disturb. This day, I, I, I didn't. And I was about to swipe it away, and the Lord said, check it. And I said, I bind you, devil. You're not going to distract me. The Lord said, check it. And I opened up my phone, and I had been on a, a, a live. I was not on the live. A, a, a guy that I, I met on, on Instagram, he's in the U.K., he was on live prophesying. He, he, uh, he had prophesied over me one time, um, and uh, not very long. And um, this woman was on the show with him. We had never met. And so I'm in the closet, and I, I read the message, and she said, man of God. I was at home and I was praying for you. She said, the Lord's had me praying for you for the last week. We've never met. She said, the Lord's had me praying for you for the last week. She said, he showed me what he's about to do in your life, in miracles, signs, and wonders. And she, he said, she's a, she's a prayer warrior. She has a prayer ministry. He said, the Lord had me praying for you for the last week. She said, I'm so excited about what God's going to do. God bless you. This was not sliding in my DMs. She, was, she just wanted to share with the Lord, share with me. And I got excited. I said, my God, 
God, you're going to do exactly what you said, miracles, signs, and wonders. And God said to me, you missed it. I said, I'm excited, Father. Miracles, signs, and wonders. He said, you missed it. What did I miss? He said, if I can whisper your name to somebody in the UK that you've never met before, why can't I open all the rest of the doors I promised you? If I can whisper your name to somebody who, if I can speak into somebody's spirit and to tell them to get you and you never met them before, why can't I whisper your name to open up doors in your life? Why can't I do it? And I began to see because my carnality celebrating being celebrated was keeping me from seeing the revelation of what he was trying to show me. I'm trying to tell you, I don't need your help to open doors for you. I don't need your help. I can whisper your name across the waters. I don't need your help. I got to get revelation to be able to see. Revelation is the prerequisite to the release of heaven. Do you realize you couldn't even get saved without revelation? Even being in a church service, many of you, maybe when you got saved, you had been in church multiple times. You had heard the same message. You heard Romans 10 and 9 many times. But it was that day. Revelation hit your heart. Light shined on the inside of you. And all of a sudden, you began weeping, and you didn't know why you were crying. And you didn't know, you, all you knew was you had to get down to that altar. Why? Because revelation changes you. It's not information. It's not information. It's the Holy Spirit's breathing on the same verse. <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking about, Pastor. You, you've been in your prayer closet, and you've seen this verse 60 times, and you've read over it multiple times. But today... There's a light shining on it, and you can't shake it. I need revelation to access what he has for me. I need revelation. The Bible tells us that God gave us keys to the kingdom of heaven. And this is a principle of the spirit. Even receiving requires revelation. This is why, listen to me, there are many people who are in the same healing services as everyone else and don't get healed it's not because God is mad at you it's because there is a process to receiving called participation it's called participation my faith looks like something the woman with the issue of blood pressed through a crowd she came out of her house she made the, the steps to see God do something. She was not waiting on God to come into her home, into her bedroom. <laughs> Pastor, this is, why, this, is, this is what's so crazy to me about this post-COVID world. We got a church that is now unchurched because they're at the house, and they're going to go to church online, outside of fellowship. And I want the Holy Ghost to come invade my room. I just want you to, I'm not getting out the bed, I'm not brushing my teeth, I just want you to come into my, into my living room. I want you to come into my bedroom. I'm not going to wipe my face. Jesus touched this crusty face of mine. And come in and, and meet me here. I don't want to put up effort. <laughs> this, this is why, listen to me. This is why people will come to an impartation service, but they won't come to a prayer service. 
Because when it comes to impartation, I want you to give me what I didn't have to pay for. I, I don't want to labor for it. I don't want to get in his presence. I don't want to pray. I don't want to fast. I want you to take all the investment that you made and lay your hands on me. Give me what didn't cost me anything. I don't want to participate. I just want to. And what we're doing, listen, we're, we're producing junkies at church. We're, we're producing, we're, we're, you, you, you come to the altar, and because that person's anointed, they, you feel something on, on the on outside of your, your, your goosebumps are going off. And that, that, that feel-good sensation comes over you and gives you enough to get through the next week. But next week, you're back here. I, I, need, I, need you to, I need you to do it again. I need you to jumpstart me again. I need you to pump me again. I need, you to, I need you to minister to me again. I need you to roll on the floor. I need you to cry with me. I need you to break through for me. I need you to come into my house and do that. I need you to do it for me. I don't want to participate. And we, listen, we have burnt out pastors because we have decided we're not going to participate. I read a report last year that startled me. The report said that during COVID, there were some 8,000 churches that closed. And of the ones that stayed open that they surveyed, 50% of the pastors said, if I could do anything else to provide for my family, I would quit today. Burnt. Family burnt. Because we have decided we don't want to participate. And because of it, we're not receiving. We're not receiving. We're not receiving. God, I, I'm not even. <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 1. Go with me. Jeremiah chapter 1. If we don't finish, we'll just finish tonight. I know the Lord has some stuff planned for tonight, but um, Jeremiah chapter 1. Bible says in verse 4, now the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. The King James says ordained. And I have appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Now I want us to look at what's happening here. God is talking to Jeremiah as a young boy. And he's revealing to him what has already taken place. Right? He's revealing it to him. Why is he revealing to him what has already taken place? Because in order for you to become what you were, you need to see what you are. You have to be able to see it. I love that, that Apostle John has said, I, I heard him say the other night, God has created me as an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you don't know that, I, <laughs> you can't step into the fullness of who you are. I was listening to my dad. He said when he moved there, there were people that were trying to uh, give him church as a pastor. But he's an evangelist. If I move outside of my grace because I don't know what I am, I got to see what I am so I don't become what they want me to be. Right? So God is talking to him, and he says something that is so powerful to me. He says, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. Knew. This ought to set you free. I knew all the mistakes you were going to make. I knew all the issues you were going to have. I saw all your idiosyncrasies. I saw all your shortcomings. I saw all your issues. I saw all the repeat sins. I saw all of it. And I still, I still chose you. 
And not only did I told you, but the Bible says I ordained you. So heaven had an ordination service before you got here. Heaven, 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 God called all the angels together. He said, this one is going into the earth as a prophet. And I'm going to speak to his mind. And he's going to hear my voice. And he's going to see in the spirit. And I know he has issues. And I know he's fleshly. And I know he's going to get caught up in sin, but I still want him. And I'm still going to use him. And I'm going to cause all things to, to work together because he loves me. And I'm going to move people around. I'm going to bring mentors into his life because he has shortcomings, but he needs to be trained. I'm going to bring people into his life to train him. I'm going to bring him to the next level because I chose him in spite of all the things I've seen. Right? He's revealing this because you got to know it. you got to know that you were chosen in spite of. He's revealing this to him, right? Let's keep reading. And he says, he says, oh, Lord God, behold, I do not even know how to speak because I'm a youth. But the Lord said, do not say. Do not say, Joshua. Do not say, I'm a youth. What is God saying? Listen to me. He's saying, don't say anything that disagrees with what I said about you. There are so many of us that are cursing ourselves. With our own mouth, I'm so stupid. I can't believe I messed up again. I'll never be able to get past this. You don't understand. That's incongruent with the will of God for your life. I need a revelation about who he says I am. He says, because everywhere I send you, you shall go. And all that I command you to speak, speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you. He said, I'm with you. <laughs> you missed it. I'm with you is a revelation. I'm with you is a revelation. David, when his, when his family was captured, uh, he was, he was he, by the Amalekites, he said, Father, shall I go pursue? What was he asking? Are you with me? I know how to fight. I trained all them to fight. What I need to know is if you're going with me. If you're going with me, the outcome is settled. I just need to know if you're going with me. Then the Bible says, the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to him, behold, said to me, behold, I put my words in your mouth. See, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms. What? To root out and to tear down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. I want you to see something. God says, I've anointed you to do all this, but the way you're going to do it is with your mouth. (laughs) You're not taking up a sword. You're going to do this with your mouth. You're going to live in your assignment, and you're going to prophesy, and you're going to prophesy from my realm, and it's going to shift this one. You're going to you're going to root up things from this from my realm and at whatsoever you bind on earth You're going to do it from here. I have to have a revelation so that what I'm speaking agrees with what he's saying. You know what? I was I was at home one day and the Lord <laughs> the Lord spoke to me. We have these conversations and, and I was reading uh, uh uh Daniel down in the lions den and he said something to me. He said, "Isn't it funny?" That the enemy realized the strategy that I, that I used for Daniel. When, when Daniel was in the lion's den, God did not put the lions to sleep. 
He didn't kill the lions. He shut their mouths. And what if the enemy realized that in order for the lion to stop being a lion, his mouth had to be closed? What if he realized that in order for you to stop being the prophet, for you to stop being the evangelist, for you to stop being the, the world shaper, your mouth had to be closed? What if he realized that all he had to do was shut you up and stop you from believing and you stop declaring what the word of God said? What if he realized all he had to do was get you to be quiet long enough? I got to speak by revelation. Somebody say by revelation. I need revelation. Revelation is God's divine grace in opening the spiritual perception of the believer to see heaven's perspective. It's unlocking the mysteries that in turn unlock access. I have access. I was talking about this Friday night. One of the, one of the worst things in the world is to have access with no pursuit. There are things that God has given me access to. The Bible says to earnestly desire spiritual gifts. I have access to them. Earnestly desire is pursuit. He said, these are available, but you have to pursue them. You're not just going to prophesy because God took over your mouth. You're going to prophesy because you participated with God. Do you realize when, God, when Moses came to the Red Sea, God asked him a question? Why are you crying to me? Stretch out your hand. <laughs> it's, well, well, Moses, all he had was a staff. He, he didn't have the power to move. Water and split it unless all God was waiting for was participation. Unless the moment you moved your hand, he was going to move his. Uh, this is what, in Acts chapter 4, the Bible says that the, the disciples began to pray. Now, but Lord, behold their threatenings. But grant unto us boldness that when we stretch forth thy hand, you heal by your holy child Jesus. He's looking for participation, but he needs somebody with a revelation. I cannot participate where I cannot see. I cannot. In other words, in the spirit realm, sight is access. Some of you have had dreams about casting out demons. You don't realize God is trying to activate you. Some of you have had dreams about healing the sick, and you think it was just a dream. No, God is showing you a destination that he has for you. And all he's waiting for you to do is participate. I said to my wife before, uh, before um, this, this girl got healed from this lump, I said, my God, or after, I said, my God, I've come to the realization that God has anointed me for something I have not been actively participating in. Oh, oh it's different in church. There's an atmosphere, but outside. There is an anointing that follows you. Listen, the Bible says there's an anointing in you that teaches, but there's one that comes on you for others. Some of us have fallen in love with the one that's on you and not fostered the one that's inside of you. And that's still a dangerous place, but you've got to be reminded. For Romans 12 says this, he says, he says, he says not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think, but to think soberly. He's not just talking about pride. He's talking about taking inventory of your gifts. Of the graces you've been given. Immediately thereafter, he talks about gifts. He, you, he's telling you, you need to know what you have. You got to know what you have. You got to know what you have. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. I know what I'm carrying. You know why your pastor can get up here and unfold mysteries? He knows he has the gifts of revelation. It's, it's not, it's not, listen, he don't, he don't get at home and suddenly, oh my God, I can see. This has become a history with God. 
Because, because there's a pattern of God unfolding mysteries. You got to know what you have. When God, when you lay hands on somebody and they get healed, God is not doing that just because he loves them, although he does love them. He's trying to reveal something to you about what you carry. I got to participate. I got to, I got to lean into this. I got to, I got to be willing. You'll never, listen to me, you'll never find out if healing is working through you until you lay hands on someone. You can. You can be anointed to the tilt and never find out anybody gets healed until you lay hands on someone. Then you find out there are other levels. I was in the scripture and I saw where Jesus, the Bible said that, that Jesus was in this house. And the Bible says, and the, Lord was, uh, the power of the Lord was present to heal. Which tells me Jesus who was filled with the anointing without measure was still in the environment where the power of the Lord was present to heal. So there's an anointing that you carry and then there's atmospheric healings. There are things that can happen in the atmosphere beyond the anointing I carry. If you ever get a church that is so burning for the spirit of God, you can have somebody who does not walk in a healing ministry. But all of a sudden healing starts taking place and no one laid hands on anybody because it's in the atmosphere. You pulled the heart of God down into the room. pull the heart of God down into the room and all of a sudden healings are taking place and nobody got healed. All of a sudden bank accounts are shifting and doors are opening and the favor of God is falling because you've stepped into a dimension that is atmospheric. I need revelation. Otherwise, I'll think that because the healing didn't happen that there's something wrong with me. But I've learned that sometimes when you're laboring, listen to God help me. This is you got to get this. When you're laboring, sometimes you have to take the the, the atmosphere to a higher level. The, do you do you realize that in the glory of God, there's no labor? There there there's a dimension beyond anointing called glory. In this glory realm, you don't labor. Demons just come out. They, they can't exist in that environment. There's a story of a man years ago uh, who, was, who was flying a plane. And as he was flying a plane, there were rats. He realized because he started having lights that were going out on the plane, he realized there, there were rats on the plane that were chewing the wires. And he realized this is a problem. If I don't deal with this problem, I'm going to crash. So the pilot took the, the, the plane up to a height where there was not enough oxygen for the rats. They could not survive the height that he went to. And they just began to die off. There is a place in the spirit of God where you begin to go up and you get off. You decide, I'm not going to live down here any longer. I decide, I'm not going to live in this depression. I'm not going to live in this addiction. I'm just going up. And as higher I go up, some things are just going to die in my life. They cannot survive this height. You're sick of the devil harassing you. You ought to go in your prayer closet and say, God, I'm going to stay here on my faith until this thing dies out, until it can no longer breathe. Until it can't harass me anymore. Until that thing breaks off of my life. I have to participate in my own deliverance. Revelation shifts everything. Do you realize you can teach people into healing? Yeah. Yeah. Lay, lay hands on nobody. Do you re listen to me? Do you realize people just got healed and I didn't touch nobody? Right. Right. 
You did. You did it. You laid hands and he answered. Because revelation opens you up to see in a different place. It's why I can't, I, can't, I can't survive in a church that wants to teach me uh, just a lily of the valley and a bright morning star. I need, I need more. I, I need you to give me more. I don't, I don't need you to celebrate. I can't, I can't survive on praise breaks. I need some, some word on the inside of me. I don't need you to excite me. I need a word that is transcendent, that is lifting me beyond where I am. I need you to pull me. I need you to show me something that pushes me into a level where I say, God, teach me again. I need you to teach me that we're... Where it pushes me. See, this is why he's unfolding. This is why your pastor's laboring. Because he's got to pull you out of that level. And he can't teach you where you are. He's got to teach you where you're supposed to go. I got I to give you enough that causes you to step up a little bit higher. It should make you hungry. It should make you hungry for another level. Mark chapter 4. God, I, okay, Mark chapter 4. Man, I got so much to give you. Mark chapter 4. We're going, I'm, I'm going to have to land this plane soon. Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, verse 10. Jesus is talking. He just told the parable of the sower. He's talking to his disciples. Verse 10 says, and as soon as he was alone, his followers, his disciples, along with the 12, began asking him about the parables. And he was saying to them, to you has been given the mystery or to know the mysteries of the kingdom. But for those who are outside, they get everything in parables. Right? So that while seeing, they may see and not perceive. And while hearing, they may hear and not understand. Otherwise, otherwise... They might return and be forgiven. Jesus said, I'm talking to you plainly because I need you to know this. But I'm talking to them in parables because I don't even want them to see this. He says, if they see it, then they'll turn. So I, I'm hiding this from them in plain sight. If they're really hungry for it, they're going to have to go looking for it. But I'm talking to them in parables because I really don't want them to see this because it's not time for them to yet. Look at this. Jesus is saying, I'm, I'm hiding it from them because if they see it, they can have it. So when, you're, when, 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 you're, when your pastor is up here and he's unfolding mysteries to you. He's unfolding what God said you can have. He's not teaching to show you how much Greek he knows. He's unfolding mysteries because God said it's time for them to have this. It's time for them to, it wasn't time for them. It wasn't time for the religious leaders. It wasn't, I don't need them to see this. So they're just going to get parables. They're going to have to find their way through it. They're going to have to pursue their way through it. But I'm talking plainly to you because I need you to get this. I need you to get this. Now, I'm going to go to one last chapter and then I'm going to close because we're running long and I want you to see this. Joshua chapter 1. Listen, if you do not see in the spirit, you cannot have. This is very important for you to understand. There are a lot of people who say, I want to be used by God. You got to see first. 
You got to see. You got to sit down in your prayer closet and you, say, and you open up your Bible and say, Holy Spirit, I don't even know what I'm doing. I need you to shine a light. I need you to open up your word. I need you to make this plain to me. I need you to begin to break this down for me. Do you know the Bible tells us he is our teacher? You know, it, it doesn't replace five-fold ministry gifts, but it means that there, there, there's a, a, the Holy Spirit is there to make sure that you begin to understand how to walk with him. Joshua chapter 1 verse 5, God is talking, to, <laughs> yes, Lord, God is talking to Joshua. He says, no man will able to, to be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. And I will not fail you or forsake you. He talks to Joshua and he says, I need you to understand the degree that I'm, that I'm going to be with you. So I want you to look back at Moses. Remember the man that parted the Red Sea. Remember the fire by day and the cloud by night. Remember the quail that rained down. Remember the, the miracles, the signs, the wonders. Remember as you walked with him, none of your clothes wore out. I, I need you to remember to the degree that you saw me with him. Because I need you to see it. I, I, you, you can't, I can't just tell you I'm going to be with you. I need you to see how I'm with you. He told Abraham, he said, he said, I want you to see what I'm about to do. Go outside and look up at the stars. You don't have a frame of reference for what I'm about to do in your life. So I need you to see something that allows you to visualize what I'm about to do. That I'm about to do something that's never been done before. So I need to use a natural example to give you sight in the spirit realm. So look up at the stars. Look at the sand, my God. Look at the sand on the seashore. Realize I'm about to do numbers out of you like you've never seen before. But God, I don't even have one son. <laughs> How, how are you going to produce that? See, carnality starts wrestling with the mind of God. because It will tell you, I don't see how this is possible because all, I'm already limited by what I have. I'm already limited by what I have. He said, no, 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 just look. I just need you to see it. I just need you to see it. To the degree that you can see it, you can have it. And the Bible says, and Abraham believed God. So listen, so when the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight, he's not talking about seeing. He's saying there are two different sights. Faith is a way of seeing. Faith is, it becomes the substance of what we're hoping for. I have to have a visualization of what I'm already hoping for, for faith to fulfill my desire. Joshua, let me, let me show you to the, to the degree that Joshua got a revelation. The Bible says that he told Moses, God told Moses, why are you crying unto me? Stretch forth your hand. Use what I gave you. Use what I gave you. It's already on the inside of you. Old covenant. It's already on the inside of you. I'm with you. He gave Moses a staff. He didn't give Joshua anything. Stay with me. He didn't give Joshua anything except for the fact that he said, as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. Moses is crying before Red Sea. 
Joshua remembers God telling him, you don't need to cry to me, use what you have. So Joshua is in battle. And the Bible says that Joshua does not cry to God. Joshua stands up on a hill, looks up at the sun, and says, son, stand still. I'm not asking God to tell you to stand still. I'm telling you to stand still because he's with me the way he was with Moses. He stepped into a revelation that God, the same God that parted the Red Sea, is with me. And he's not waiting on me to ask him. You are, you are, <laughs> man of God. See, I, there, there's a grace on your life, young man. Come here. Come here. Come here. There's a grace on your life. God is going to open doors for you. You're going to be able to pick, you're going to be able to choose on scholarships. But God is saying, listen to me, God is saying, I will bless the work of your hands. God is going to give you the ability to choose which direction you want to go. And he said, I'll breathe on it. I will breathe on it. Give me your hands. Father, I thank you for this man of God. I thank you. I thank you now. Anoint his hands to build. Anoint his hands to build. I thank you for creative inventions and ideas. Father, I thank you for supernatural intelligence, Father. I thank you, Lord God, for insight where there's no insight. Father, I thank you that he's a solutionist, that when others see problems, he will begin to see the mind of God, that there is no no, there is no limitation, Father. In the name of Jesus, God, I thank you for downloads, schematics, Father. I thank you for blueprints in his mind, Father, revelation from heaven on that which you prepared for him, Father, in the name of Jesus. And God, I thank you, yes, for even aligning mentors at an early age in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Man, I even see you like speaking and walking across stages like doing TED Talks. Father, I thank you. I thank you for him becoming another man. Yes, Lord. And the Lord says, I'm going to take you beyond your lineage. I'm going to take you beyond the limitations of your father's. And prior generations. And the Lord says, it's because of your humility that I'm going to anoint you. It's because of your humility. And the Lord says, stay low and I lift you high. Father, I thank you for your son. In the name of Jesus. Open doors. Favor beyond favor. In Jesus' mighty name. Yes, Lord, I declare that every mind of the enemy, every minefield, every landmine set in its future, we destroy it now. In the name of Jesus. Jesus' mighty name. It is so in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Joshua does not ask God. He commands elements to obey and to participate in his victory. Doesn't ask God. God has already given his answer. Some of you are waiting on God. 
Do you know that, that when, when God calls Noah to build an ark, God gave him explicit instructions because Noah was not a, a, a boat builder. But when he comes to David, when David comes to him and asks him, shall I pursue the Amalekites? He says, yes. No explicit instructions. Because David already knows how to fight. You don't need explicit instructions where you've already been trained to do. All you need to know is God is with you. Some of us are waiting on God to give us the blueprint for something. He's saying, use what I gave you. Use what I gave you. He doesn't tell Adam what to name the animals. Use the intelligence I gave you. Use the creativity I gave you. Use what I put on the inside of you. You need a revelation of what you have. You know what God does? Watch this. I'm going to say this and we're going to shut it down. This is amazing. God, listen to me. God, actually, let's go there. Let's go there really quickly. Um, Numbers 13. Numbers 13, verse 1. Numbers 13, verse 1. God is talking to Moses. He says, send out for yourself. Men, so that they may spy out the land of Canaan. Who's talking? Who's making the request? God. Send out men for yourself so that they may spy out the land of Canaan, which I am going to give to the sons of Israel. Now, we need to ask ourselves a question. Why is God making the request for men to spy out a land that he created? What, what, God, you made this land. You know, you know what's there. You don't need to see it. But he needs them to see it. I need you to see where I'm taking you. I need you to see what I'm about to give you. I need you to see what I'm calling you to. I need you to see, you got to see this. He says to them, go spy out the land because until you see it, you can't have it. This is why I love Paul. Paul breaks down the, the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, right? I love these gifts of the Spirit already existed in the Old Testament. He breaks them down so that we can see them. So now I know what to pursue. So he can say, earnestly desire spiritual gifts. I know what to go after now that I know what I'm looking at. I know what to see. I know I've seen. So now I can know what I have access to. He says to me, he said, go spy out the land. You, you ought to decide, God, I'm going to build this business, but I just need, I need to see where you're taking me. I need you to give me a vision. I need you to speak to me in a dream. Show me where you're taking me to because I'm, I'm going to build. All I need you to do is show me, and I'll build. I'll build what you call me to. I'll build it. I'll pursue it. I'll start that Bible study. I'll pray. I'll do what you call me to do. You want me to go to the grocery store, I'll go to the grocery store and lay hands on folks. If, you, if you're sitting with, show me what you want me to do. I need to see it. And God says, because you've seen it, you can have it. Now watch this. Ten saw the land carnally. They saw the same land 
that two of them saw spiritually. The same land terrified ten of them and excited two of them. The same land, the same circumstance was terrifying one of them and exciting others. Because of how they saw. You could be looking, listen, there are people who could win with your situation. There are people that, are, that would look at the same situation that you're living in that you're complaining to God about and win. There are people who can step into what you're frustrated with and win. It is not an issue of circumstance. It is an issue of perception. And until you see that God is with you. I am working a job that I'm not qualified for. The qualifications say that I cannot have it. But because God is with me. I started going after something that I was unqualified for. And you're turning down jobs and you're closing down the browser because it says a degree that you don't have but you don't understand. God will open up doors and he'll turn the tide and he'll say what, what they qualified for is not what it's about. I will make things. I'll break protocol so that I can open up doors for you if you would just believe that I'm with you. I don't qualify for a business loan. Build the plan. Build the plan and say, God, now breathe on it. Breathe on it, Father. I believe you're with me. There's a story in the Old Testament of a man named Jonathan who's the son of, of Saul. And the Bible says that Saul was sitting, doing nothing. The, the camps are in array against each other. And Jonathan said, I cannot sit any longer. I just, I can't, I can't sit here any longer. I believe God is with us. He said, listen, I'm just going to go. I'm going to take my servant. And he tells his servant, we're going to go down. And if we hear... This said in the camp, well, no, God is with us. God, listen to me. God in heaven, here's what the man says. And God listens to the, wo the voice of Jonathan who did not pray about what he was doing. That's right. He says, because of his faith, I'm going to answer according to the specifics of what he said. He gave him the exact answer. And the Bible says that when he heard the answer, him and his men broke forth. And they killed like 20 men by themselves. And it galvanized an army because they said, we have been sitting waiting on God. But God was waiting on us. God was waiting on us to move. He said, I, cannot, I, can't, I can't sit any longer. I can't. You, you got to get a revelation of who you are. You got you to get a revelation of who God is. You got to get a revelation. You need revelation to open up. God, I need light to shine in my mind. Otherwise, I'm sitting in darkness. I need the light to shine. I need the light to shine. Because, listen, well, yes, Lord, when light shines, limitations disappear. You're only limited because you're operating terrestrial. When light shines, you're stepping into a kingdom that is unlimited. Unlimited. I need to see God. I need your light to shine in my mind. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus for every person in this building. Father, I pray. Yes, Lord. I pray, Father, for so many whose mind has allowed them to believe they're trapped, they're limited. 
Break off the limits, Father. Even as your word has gone forth, Lord, God, let it go forth and produce fruit, Father. Fruit that will remain in the name of Jesus. God, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord God, that those that are wrestling with the limitations of their own belief system, Father, I think that you're breaking borders today. I think that you're expanding territory today. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that you're going beyond our belief system, Father. Move the barrier. Move the borders. Shine light where there's been darkness. Cause your light to shine in our minds. In the name of Jesus, may light come now. In Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. I thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. Breaking the spirit of delay. I thank you, Father, for breaking the spirit of delay. That thing that has been warring against the inheritance and the harvest of your people to cause doubt to creep in, Father. To, 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 to try and eat up the seed. Father, I break the spirit of delay now. In the name of Jesus, Father, that thing that's been holding up resources, that thing that's been holding up answers, Father, we break the power of that principality in the name of Jesus. We declare in Jesus' name, delay will not labor against your people any longer. In Jesus' mighty name. Father, I thank you for phone calls being released. I thank you for emails. I thank you for finances. I thank you for court decisions. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you now that you are breaking the spirit of delay off of your people. In Jesus' mighty name. In the name of Jesus. Open our eyes, Father. That we would see that they that are with us are more than they that are against us. That you're on our side. Father, give revelation. May the spirit of revelation come upon your church. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.